2: All right and welcome to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky guy. Along with
0: Donnie Cage. Hey brother, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's another Friday, another week in the books.
2: Donnie Cage, the man that eats metal and poops barbed wire. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <We> also have <laughs> we also have another special uh, co-host with us this evening. And that would, none other than a great
1: friend of the show, Mr. Warren Marlowe. How's it going, Warren? What's Robert? up, what's up, what's up? How's it going, guys? Uh, I cannot beat that intro that uh, Donny Cage got, but hey, I am here and I am ready to go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll crack, crack guys, thunder, how about that? <laughs> and as you guys know, Warren's
2: a good friend of the show. I am actually under the weather today, but uh, he has agreed to come on and step into my place. I'll be here listening and... Uh, probably bantering these guys anyways, but I will be here. If this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We're on all major platforms, including Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage has his own podcast that he co-hosts with. Sir, you want to tell him about uh, Cage
0: Voice? Yes, please check out the Uncaged Voice podcast on YouTube. I co-host with Tops here, Brian and Jigsaw, Jester. Uh, we talk about uh, talk about all sorts of stuff. Gaming, movies, comic books, wrestling, you name it. We talk about life sometimes. Lots of good stuff. The Uncaged Voice Podcast.
2: Uncaged Voice
0: Podcast and Buzzing with Marlo. I
2: want to go ahead, uh, Mr. Uh, Warren, and tell everybody about your podcast, sir.
1: Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Y'all can check me out every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. A uh, new episode every single week. Um, this week's episode just will actually be out literally in the next hour and a half, I'm hoping. A uh, little bit of technical difficulties, but I did have an episode yesterday uh, promoting a big wrestling event coming up this Saturday at the Baker County Fairgrounds that there might be a possibility. I'm not saying I will be there, and I'm not saying I'm not, but that's all I can leave it at. Go check out the episode. Everybody, if you have known about this feud that I've got going on with somebody, might want to go check that episode out because it got a little uh, spicy and uh, always uh, interesting to see how this return and this journey of me being back in the world of pro wrestling has become.
2: Oh, man, are you telling me that Andrade wannabe shows up on your last episode? <laughs> I ain't saying yes and I ain't saying no. I got you. For those of you that like to follow the current news and world news around the world, or if you like to uh, be a part of special interviews and things of that nature, I do host the Red Tail Current News Podcast. We do interviews with authors, uh, mediums, pro athletes, and the list goes on. We uh, do new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. And that is the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Also, don't forget, we do drop new episodes here on Against the Matt Wrestling Podcast every Monday and Friday. All right, so let's get into the first part of the show. Uh, we're going to have Donnie uh, this week. He's going to be the only one to do a fantasy booking. And I appreciate him stepping up and uh, taking over. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to him. Sir, all yours.
0: Thank you, Kentucky guy. Well, this week, got a really good one for you. And part of what inspired this was I was watching a Wrestling with Regrets review of Chitown Heat, which was Starcade 1987. Very very famous event for Jim Crockett Promotions back in the way. Jim Crockett Promotions was the precursor for WCW. And back in the day, in the mid '80s, you had this uh, this big star, rising star, by the name of Magnum TA, and he was a very popular mid-carder won multiple championships in Jim Crockett promotions, including the United States Championship, and had a very famous feud and cage match with Towie Blanchard, who was a part of the Four Horsemen. And uh, many people believe that Magnum TA was going to eventually feud with and defeat Nature Boy Ric Flair for the world title. And I have a theory that at Starcade 86, if disaster hadn't struck, Magnum TA would have won that belt. So, essentially, my fantasy booking for the week is if Magnum T.A. had not been in that tragic career-ending car accident, he would have gone on to Starrcade 1986 and faced Nature Boy Ric Flair for the world title and would have won the belt from him. And throughout 1987, he would have continued as the face of the promotion. And I think, ultimately, the best thing that Jim Crockett Promotions could have done at that point was eventually set up a rematch between Magnum TA and Flair with the roles reversed, with Magnum TA as the champion and Flair as the challenger. And much like what happened in real life, which was when Flair defeated rugged Ronnie Garvin at 1987 Starcade to win back the world title, Flair would have beaten Magnum TA and become a five-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion at that point. But Magnum would have stayed strong. He still would have been booked like the main event star that he was becoming and probably would have gone on to wrestle for many many more years in the business and been an even bigger star than he was but unfortunately because of that untimely car accident he was unable to continue wrestling he did continue working for Jim Crockett Promotions though as a pretty good color commentator so at the very least it has a a good ending in that in that sense because he was still able to contribute to the product but definitely one of the biggest biggest missed opportunities Due to some unfortunate real life circumstances.
2: Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that. He was uh, a—he's a phenomenal wrestler. I believe he was actually the United States champion uh, a couple times in that promotion. Uh, I remember when he was being groomed to become the World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, But yeah, he was the United States Heavyweight Champion a couple times in the in the uh, Jim Crockett Promotions. I remember he tagged uh, with—he had a real good thing going with Dusty Rhodes, uh, you know boy oh boy this one uh here you've done mr cage takes me back uh yeah he was a phenomenal wrestler and uh you know sometimes uh bad things happen to good people you know uh your thoughts marlo uh
1: magnum T. I i literally say that's one of the most uh, we didn't get to see as most potential as we wanted out of him um obviously he was done wrestling before i was born but still i watched all the old wrestling when i started learning how to be a wrestler and i i got hooked on magnum ta and definitely the old old matches and stuff and i and i agree with y'all with that he would have definitely beat rick flair that year um definitely on that pay-per-view and it sucks uh I mean, it's still crazy. If y'all really remember, you remember when Ric Flair got in that daggone plane accident and still wrestled, like, what, not even a month later or something like that? Like, it's it's crazy how these freakishly things happen and, and only the way the body could process. So, I mean, I, I compare Magnum T.A. to, like, if i want to say an NBA player, I would always say, like, Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady, if he never got hurt, I think would have been one of the greatest players players of all time um magnum ta we got to see a lot of potential at him but we did not get to- yeah two and two and a half weeks uh after the plane crashes
2: yeah uh, and <laughs> and uh, Tracy mcgrady uh what a what a three-point shooter even when three-point shooting wasn't cool yeah definitely and i mean uh, it's you know it's against the map uh wrestling podcast but i mean we talk about all sports here isn't that right mr cage indeed we do Indeed we do. Okay, Donnie, all yours, sir.
0: Next topic. Well, I guess we should jump into the raw results for the week. So we had another interesting and eventful three-hour broadcast, which started out with a, tag, a match for the unified tag team titles. I mean, are they technically the unified, or are they just the undisputed uh, tag team titles anymore? I lose track sometimes. <laughs> um, but it was the Usos, what well, was scheduled to be the Usos defending against Matt Riddle, and Elias, but prior to the actual match, there was a scuffle backstage, and Elias was taken out of the match, so Matt Riddle was initially stuck without a partner, or so we thought. Here comes Kevin Owens, KO himself, jumps in and and becomes Matt Riddle's tag team partner, and they have a really, really awesome match with the Usos on Monday Night Raw, but the Usos, as always... Use their amazing tag team talents to hold on to the title, to put Riddle away with the 1D, with some help from the honorary Oos, Sami Zayn. And the Usos are still your undisputed tag team champions. And of course, after the match, Matt Riddle continued uh, fighting with the Usos, as did Kevin Owens, who uh, actually uh, drove off the Usos with, with a steel chair. But in comes the Samoan beast, Solo Sokoa, and he takes Riddle out with a Samoan spike, shades of the late and great Mumbaga, and Riddle was taken out on a stretcher, he looked pretty worse for wear when all was said and done, um, I just want to say I thought this was a great way to start the show, to get the crowd invested, in what was going on that night, the so Sammy Zayn, and Solo Sokoa, the bloodline, once again, looking really strong. And KO and Matt Riddle looked pretty strong in defeat, honestly. So, uh, what are your thoughts, guys? I actually thought it
2: was interesting that, uh, this, the, uh, Samo- uh, Samoan sickle was used. Uh, we haven't seen that in a very, very long time. And, uh, man, he, you know, they're building, uh, Solo to be such a tough competitor. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see where this is going to go, like what his role is going to be. I think you're right. I think this was a great
1: way to uh, to actually start the show. However, uh, i I'm, I'm becoming a Riddle fan now. I, I hate to say it. I'm starting to become a Riddle fan. Riddle is starting to bring an emotional effect. And I never could see him as a baby face. I remember every time I've been on here, I have told you all literally, I never could see why they loved Riddle, why people love Riddle. And I'm getting a very emotional effect with him now. Um, if I was a kid, I'm pretty sure I'd been a big Matt Riddle fan. Like how I was with RVD and guys like that. So, I mean, I wish if Orton was good. I would love to see that storyline keep going with them too. Because we knew what was going to be the possibility of that. But I really love the thing that so- Solo Sokoa definitely did the Samoan spike. And um, honestly, I've been thinking he's been replicating Umaga since he's been being, being started. Because obviously him being barefooted, him always being the taped hands. Not really a full hand tape, but just like his thumbs. If nobody was really recognizing that. So I I thought that was pretty cool to pay homage to, obviously, to Umaga. Knowing that his birthday was that Monday and stuff like that. So it's really it's really cool to see a cool transition and a really good startup for the Monday Night Raw. Sorry for cutting you out. No, that's
2: cool, man. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, Umaga, he was probably one of my favorite wrestlers back in the day. Uh, He was just, uh, I remember that feud he had with Bobby Lashley and he was just Mm -hmm. a machine. Uh, And to never, well, you know what? He may be on one of my better booking uh fantasies later on so i'll just end right there
0: <laughs> no but he was a beast uh you know back in the day <clears throat> excuse me umaga who could forget the battle of the billionaire umaga oh, <laughs> Armando Alejandro Estrada
1: <laughs> oh yeah i loved it and then umaga blah blah blah, blah. that was his
0: promo <laughs> Well I'll never forget when John Cena came out and was making fun of Umaga and he was like I, I speak fluent Samoan and here's what he's trying to say.
1: It was great. And one of Cena's good opponents too, I will definitely say. Umaga and Cena really did really well. And they booked Umaga like he was untouchable for half a year. So it sucks that what happened with Umaga because Umaga I'm pretty sure around this time still right now would have still been pretty uh, a strong character, in my opinion. Blah, blah blah. I don't know his his promos were better than Warriors. Rest in peace, but yeah. <laughs> Load the spaceship with the rocket fuel. <laughs> I'd rather hear a Tasmanian devil talk before I hear about a rocket fuel and spaceships from warrior. <laughs> the
0: power of the warrior <laughs>
1: Oh, a um, um, classic.
0: Next on Raw, we had a uh, war of words between Becky Lynch and Bailey. Mm-hmm. Two of them uh, just had, just had a little bit of a spat, talking about how I'm the man and I'm the role model, and just just a lot a lot of good stuff from both of them. A lot of a lot of uh, a lot of true words, I think, were exchanged here. There's no doubt they're building up to a one-on-one feud between the two of them, which I'm which I am all for. That's well,
1: overdue. In my opinion, well overdue. I mean, Becky and Bailey, two of the horsewomen, man, two of the horsewomen, and those two have transcended the main roster for so long. Obviously, when Becky was out, Bailey was carrying the the coattail from everybody. I literally said, man, somebody better be giving be- uh, Bailey a back brace because B- Bailey carried wrestling when the COVID era was going on. Uh, her and Sasha both. So, obviously, see this transition now that them two are finally getting that payoff for these two to go against each other. Can't get no better than that. I, I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm glad it's going to be those two. And it doesn't have to be a title match. Let them two just have their moment, and I'm okay with it. Okay, so
2: here comes the realization guy, I'm gonna speak. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see those two finally fight, but let's all admit, it's time for somebody to take the belt off that ponytail-haired girl. Come on. She's had this belt way too long on Raw. You know they're waiting until Mania. If they let her continue to be champion till Mania, that is a mistake in
1: my opinion. I think it could be a good transition. She's just not that good. Uh, I mean, promo-wise... She still definitely needs work on. Um, The one thing I did say something about Bianca and I said during the War Games match that they had is just work on her emotional expressions. When I say emotional expressions, that's number one thing we look at when we wrestle is obviously with me wearing a mask. If I was selling, I'm shaking my head. So it make it look like oh that affected me oh that hurt me stuff like that because obviously you're not seeing my face so you're just seeing my head move and that that's a perfect sell. But emotional expressions is when someone goes to get you. The fans can cringe when they hit you. The fans could sit there and feel that effect that they're beating that they're beating their hero down and stuff like that. Bianca does have an effect to a select audience, and I've really appropriate when i say that on the select audience and that's one reason why that she has been that transcender for so long now the main question is who's going to be the next follow-up to, to carry that route obviously there's a rumor going about that Charlotte Flair might be coming back there's a rumor coming back that literally you know they're going to bring Sa- Sasha but we don't know what Sasha's going to do everybody's been losing their mind about Sasha for the last Half a half time since she's walked out the building, and um, I mean, there's so many different options that you could do with this. Now, my biggest thing is if they tell the story that I'm hoping they do, Bianca will transcend, go, Oh, you don't like me being this person, turn her, make her turn. If she's gonna keep that title, make her turn. I've said it numerous times, Bianca's more of a heel than she's ever been a babyface, in my opinion. And it could work so much more. If she could start working on the little cheating aspects, whatever. Obviously, we see Alexa Bliss. There are so many options for that women locker room. Now, obviously, with Royal Rumble coming up, that is going to be the mid-chapter to find out what's going to happen. So, I'm looking forward to it. Bianca, she does need a little bit more work on stuff. I, When I watch her promos she's not as bad as jade i will say that but it's getting it's getting kind of stale we need to kind of like get that transition get the fans either they're going to get behind her or they're going to be against her and we're getting to that that midsection right now where the fans are kind of like 50 50 regarding bianca
0: yeah you know i i don't disagree there warren i think it's having a little bit of I hate to call it the John Cena effect, but that's kind of what it is. Literally, it, <laughs> it <Because> is. <laughs> she had non-stop fan support behind her for the longest time. And not that I've been hearing a lot of noticeable boos, but the thing is, when she's in the ring with people such as Bayley and and other female wrestlers, they get as much of pop from the crowd as the she crowd, does, if not more. So it's not even so much that the crowd's turned on her yet, it's just... There are other female wrestlers that they get behind more than her. And yeah, I mean, she did. People do forget she was a heel when she was in NXT a while back. And she was a pretty effective heel. And I think she could definitely fill that role again on the main roster. Especially if they want to keep this title on her for a long period of time.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, I'm not a fan. I think that she should be shipped off so you guys can move on. She should be
0: shipped off. <laughs> well, speaking of the women's division, we had a couple what of triple threats <laughs> shipped off. Uh, shipped off to AEW, right?
1: <laughs> Don't put her on NXT. Yeah, I put her on M Imp- or something, you know?
0: <laughs> so, speaking of the women's sponsorship division, by Disney, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Go ahead, Donnie, sorry. <laughs> so... <laughs> Speaking of the women's division on Raw, we had a couple of triple threat matches to determine a new number one contender. First match was Bailey versus Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. This was a great match. It was physical, it was smash mouth. You almost didn't know who was going to turn out the winner, but when all was said and done, Bailey did prevail, and she is moving on to a number one contenders match next week against the winner of the other triple threat match that took place, which was between Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, and Nikki Cross. Now, I'll be honest, the second match, I automatically assumed it was going to be a Becky Lynch victory, and we were going to see Becky versus Bailey for the number one contendership. But, obviously that didn't happen. There was a little bit of a wrinkle there. Why? Because you have damage control lurking in the background. And Dakota Kai and Sky interfered and prevented Becky Lynch from scoring the victory. And ultimately, it was Alexa Bliss who pinned Nikki Cross with Twisted Bliss. So next week, it will be a number one contendership match between Alexa Bliss and Bailey, with the winner to go on to challenge Bianca Belair. Your thoughts?
2: Well, I'd have to say that uh, I, I don't really care <laughs> uh, about this tournament. My my main thing is, what is going on with Alexa Bliss, because this is the first time we've seen the doll in how many weeks? And I know she didn't bring the doll out to the ring, but we did see the doll uh, back there when she was doing her promo before she came out to the match, and then it also showed the doll as she was walk, walking towards the ring, so... I'm very interested in knowing what's going to happen there. And the reason why is because it's time to, and we say this seems like every episode, but we're still not getting any answers on Bray Wyatt or where he's headed or what he's doing. And uh, it's, I think it's past time. We, we need to know something. So anyways, uh, as far as the, uh, I don't think that this tournament's going to make a number one contender that's actually going to take the title from Bianca right now, in my opinion. I think it's just a um, probably just a distraction, smoky mirrors uh, until either Charlotte uh, comes back. I don't, I don't know, man. There's usually where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's an awful lot of smoke about uh, Sasha being a part of AEW now, so uh, more than there ever has been. So, something, something's got to be going on there. I don't know exactly what, but something is going on there.
1: On which one? I couldn't. Oh, uh,
2: about uh, the number one contendership. That uh, Donnie was just talking
1: about. Uh, for the Intercontinental no, title. No, for the uh...
0: <laughs> raw 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 women's. Yeah, titles. I really could. Uh, There'll be Bailey against Alexa Bliss next week.
1: Um. Which tournament? Sorry, I'm like so out right now. What did you say? <laughs> <It's->
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, this is how relevant the Raw Women's title is, right? now. Oh, uh, sorry, <laughs> I cut, cut in and out again. No, it's uh the number one contendership match will take place next week. It'll be Alexa bliss against Bailey Winner challenges, Bianca Belair.
2: Uh, that's no problem. We can just go ahead and move on to the next one.
0: Oh, well, on Raw. Right, now I can hear. All right. So what was it again? Sorry. Uh, so it was, uh, so it was a uh, two, tr- uh, female triple threat matches. Um, Bailey won the first match and Alexa bliss won the second one. And the two of them are going to wrestle next week to determine the new number one contender for the raw women's championship.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so in a, well, what happened next, Donnie, on Raw?
0: Yeah, so so next we had a, uh, we had a brawl between Seth Freakin' Rollins and, and Bobby Lashley. Because these two are going to wrestle next week to determine the number one contender for the United States Championship, currently held by Austin Theory. Here's my problem with this segment. I like both guys. Uh, I like Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. I think they're two of the best wrestlers on Raw and in WWE, but I feel like these two guys have been stuck in this endless cycle of brawls and matches in recent months. And I want to see a new opponent for Austin theory at this point, especially that they're now pushing him as a more serious competitor. And I feel like just having Seth Rollins and or Bobby Lashley constantly challenge him is just going to make this a boring and predictable feud. And, Especially if you really want to get Austin Theory over as a rising star. You can't just have him beat the same people over and over again. And Austin Theory did have his own match on Raw. He faced uh, Mustafa Ali. He ended up winning that match by disqualification. Which again, why you would have your United States champion, especially if he's a heel, win a match by disqualification, I have no idea. But your thoughts on the United States uh, championship situation?
2: I think that... uh... I think it should be interesting. They've got Bobby Lashley on a tear right now. And uh, he is really... Uh, I I don't know... If I, I'm not going to say that he's going to beat Seth Rollins. Uh, but I will say it's more likely he is going to... He is going to... Uh, he's he, They're setting him up for... I keep saying it like a world title, but... It's the way they're building the brand back for the United States title... Uh, it could be the belt that they're going to put back around him. So it it should be very, very interesting. Uh, Austin Theory, I mean, he really just got into this feud with the two. So I'm not sick of it yet. Uh, You know, they they both got a a bone to pick with him because they lost the title where he just fell on Seth Rollins at the last pay-per-view and won it. But yeah, so so that's, ah, I don't know. What what do you think about that? I know that we both said, uh, Donnie, that he's going to, they're setting him up to be a world champion. However, uh, you know, it seems like maybe this is the title that they want to put around him because they're building it up so much.
0: I mean, Bobby Lashley is a multiple-time United States champion already, and he brought a lot of prestige to that title. There's no question about it. But... We know that they're eventually building towards another match against Brock Lesnar. So that's why I don't feel like they're going to put the title back on Lashley this quickly. Because, um, they're again, they're building towards another match uh, in that feud. So as far as who I think is going to win the match next week, if I were to wager a guess, I feel like there's been a little more heat between Seth Rollins and... Um, Austin Theory. So I I could potentially see them setting up a rematch between the two of them.
1: That'd be a good storytelling aspect. If y'all remember, <coughs> um, my buddy uh, Austin Towers, aka Austin Theory. Um, he uh came up on the main roster with Seth Rollins. If anybody remembers, you know when uh Seth was referring himself as the Messiah. Yeah, and um. This would be a really cool transcend to see a feud between Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. So I'm excited about it. I love the new transition for Austin Theory because now you're really getting to see the true... I I abbreviate it so much, but you're really getting to see the true theory of Austin. And this is something that he's been wanting for a while. And I'm telling you all right now, man... Quote me now. Austin's going to be one of those guys you're going to be seeing in the WWE for a very, very long time. Unless he gets hurt or something, you're going to see this man in there for a long time. He's only 24 years old. And Seth Rollins is probably the main guy there right now. I'm not even going to lie. I used to not be a Seth Rollins fan. But Seth Rollins is literally the general of that roster now. And... What what better way to bring in Austin Theory and getting him more adapt is seeing a feud between those two until obviously we see Seth maybe going against Roman, um, maybe doing something to get ready for the Rumble possibility. I'm thinking something with that. And obviously I think something trans in with WrestleMania. Obviously you know for a fact if Cody is coming back, at that time, you know Cody's going to want to face Seth Rollins again because Seth Rollins kind of hurt him. So obviously we know where kind of transition it is and I think this is a good really good refreshing start for Austin Theory to really get a good one on one
0: feud.
2: Yeah, I can I can uh I can see that happening. Absolutely.
0: Hey town down, buddy. <laughs> Um, so, so also on, also on raw, just a really quick recap of this stuff. Cause it wasn't quite as uh didn't quite have as much of an impact as the other stuff we talked about the OC defeated alpha Academy and Baron Corbin in a uh, six man tag match. I mean, at this, at this, at this stage, I, I know I, I jokingly uh, a few weeks ago said, Oh, well, come on. everything JBL touches turns to gold because I wanted to give Baron Corbin it. the doubt, but It is Baron Corbin at the end of the day, and it seems like every time they try to strap a rocket to him and make him seem relevant again, he just—he's one of those guys that you're like, yeah, I want him off my TV. Uh, So yeah, this. But is he doing a job that way? (laughs) That's that's the biggest question. I mean, a heel is
1: wanting them to kick them off your television set and stuff like that. So in my opinion, Baron Corbin does it better than most people. So is Baron the best wrestler out there? No, but Baron gets a very organic heat. When I say organic heat, I mean he literally walks out the building and people are just wanting to throw tomatoes at him. But you are scared to throw tomatoes at him because he does he's a big dude. Regardless of how we see him on TV, he is a big dude and you probably would not mess with him at a bar or something. So I I say Baron does his part very well. I think the additional with him and JBL, I think JBL is just trying to learn the new process of being a manager, because obviously, I don't think I ever seen JBL ever become a manager and ever in his whole stint of wrestling. So I think it's something still transcending and new for him. So I say give it some time. I think it's just going to start something out. I mean, look at you know. A great example, Leah Rush. Leah Rush was not a good manager at all to begin with. And by the end of it, him and Bobby Lashley, you never thought Bobby Lashley and him would end with each other. Or in the, uh, what what was it, the all, no, what was it? Bobby I can't remember what their little thing was called, but I see it kind of like that. I think if we give some time to JBL to really really get creative at being a manager and realize that he is a manager and not that old standpoint. Because what he's doing is he's trying to bring the old JBL into this and he's not realizing he has to adapt to a newer population regarding wrestling genre. So, if he can get to that point, I think Baron Corbin's going to be one of your standout heels like he's been for the longest time. It's just you got to get that creativity, and you got to really get the ball rolling. You can't just slowly walk. You're going to have to start jogging eventually because the way all this roster is going and the way Triple H's mindset is, you better start pedaling the brakes or you're going to be getting left behind. So I say give it a little bit
0: more time, and we'll see what happens. Well, speaking of JBL, he had another one of his uh, poker invitationals this week. And that led to other. One match. of my
1: friends actually was one of the guys that played poker with him.
0: Oh, you did play poker?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, my uh, good friend. He, uh, I think, KY guy knows him. He's called the Hill, uh, Flynn Hendricks. He was uh, playing poker with JBL and uh,
0: Baron Corbin. Oh, Wow! Oh, so he had a camera. I think on. that oh, was
1: the. I think it was the. Con- was it the? Was it in Kentucky or was it in Tennessee? It was that Monday Night Raw? It was w- the guy he was wearing uh, one of those little funny caps the funny hats i always call them was the that funny him hats. i couldn't wear them was that him yeah that was Flynn. Oh. wow yeah <laughs> yeah that was fun flynn has been on and he's been on raw and smackdown at least three or four times so far now well wow. i was supposed to go to one of them i just
0: i couldn't make the trip nice yeah, man. Well, um, but I mean, speaking of the Poker Invitational, that led to the next match on Raw, which was Dominic Mysterio, who uh, uh-huh. re- wrestled and defeated Akira Tozawa. And uh, I- I'm just so glad that Akira Tozawa, after all this time, finally dropped th- that stupid ninja gimmick, which just made him look just made him look dumb. I mean, I remember seeing it's Akira Tozawa. In, in the cruiserweight division when they first relaunched it. And I remember thinking to myself, this guy's a beast. And for the longest time, they made him out to be a complete parody of himself. And they finally, finally came to their senses and said, well, at least we're going to portray him in a more serious light now. Um, so Dominic picks up the win. Judgment Day comes out to beat up Tozawa a little bit more. And then the Street Profits come out. To provide uh, Akira Tozawa with some backup. So mm-hmm. it looks like we're getting a Street Profits Judgment Day feud. A mini feud, perhaps. Your thoughts? Mm. Well,
1: it's four on one. So I, I don't know. It might be something they could do with Bianca, but it just would not make no... I mean, it can build a feud up with Rhea and Bianca. If they really wanted to. I really have said that numerous times. Rhea could be the next person to really go give Bianca a run for that title. Um, it could go with that. Um, it's about time they're doing something with Dominic. I'm telling you right now. Dominic's got the most <laughs> original heat that anyone could possibly have. If Judgment Day really didn't get much on promos or anything. Let Dominic just grab a mic and people are just going to boo them out of the building. So, I think it'd be a good transition for the Street Profits, but obviously, I think they're more focused on the Usos. So, only time will tell with that.
0: Yeah, the issue I have with that though is as great as their matches were, we've seen the Usos versus the Street Profits a lot up until this point. So it's like you got, you gotta give them a different set of opponents. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. I mean, but you got also have to think how many tag teams are in
0: the, in the main roster right now. Uh, It it wouldn't hurt them to bring up uh, one or two tag teams to the main roster in the near future. Those tag teams ain't ready.
1: Those tag teams ain't ready yet. I would say the closest tag team that could be close to getting brought up is probably Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly would be a very different visual tag team going up to the main roster, but I don't see them going up right now. I th- I would say probably after mania they would probably get a look at and be like, hey, we'll, we'll consider you, because obviously that match they did with New Day, I think that really just put them definitely on the map to really consider them. But I don't see a lot of tag teams being built up for that yet. The only thing I could see is how they done with RK Bro, just put two guys together, and give them a chance to like really. Get the fans behind them, get them built up, and see what they can do with it. Because that's usually what WWE has always done. If everybody realizes, like, really, there's no really a such thing as an organic tag team on Raw or SmackDown. It's literally guys they put together, and so most of the time it works. Now, now I'm not saying all the time, which we've saw some tag teams that are just literally probably. Probably Warriors promo would probably look better than some of the tag teams <laughs> they've put together. But I'm just saying, like, if it works, it works. But only time will tell. I mean, knowing with a Triple H, maybe we might see a original tag team, or we might see just two guys put together and see what happens. So
0: I mean, I mean, I mean, if, they, they, I I mean, if they're, they're smart tell. and uh, Kentucky guy, you brought this up uh, a week or two ago in an episode. Of the podcast, um, they could put Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa back together as DIY, and Ciampa could- is still hurt right now. Uh,
1: Ciampa still uh, recovering. Guys, right guys,
2: now. guys, 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 are you forgetting about the Viking Raiders?
1: I'm not a fan. I guess I am. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really a fan of what?
2: them. What? How dare you? What do you mean you're not a fan of them? <laughs>
1: I've, I've never really been a fan They're of
2: them. The, the former war machine? Dude, I will send them to your house in Florida and have them boys take you out. <laughs>
0: oh, Lord. Okay. Hey, why not? They will take you out, Warren, to a Viking bankrupt. <laughs> We <laughs> can eat some turkey legs, and uh... we're a little late. we're a little late on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Never too late for turkey.
2: We're talking about tag and all that good stuff, Warren. I wanted to get your uh, opinion on something. Uh, what the
0: tag team? What, what are your Vietnam.
2: thoughts? All right, listen here, boy. All right, let's. <laughs> uh, uh, EY, what do you think about him coming back to the WWE, uh, possibly with? Um, I don't know uh, his former faction. I thought they were good until uh, they didn't know how to book him in the main roster. Uh, Eric Young, you know, he got killed on Impact. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. no
1: Um, I I like it just because obviously Triple H is the reason why Eric Young even got in WWE to begin with. Um, Triple H has been a big fan of EY forever, so. I've said it numerous times, EY can give you any type of style that you need. Now, do I ever see him as a heavyweight champion? No. But I could see him like people might think I'm crazy. He could be like a build-up like how they do with Miz. Miz can, Miz can give you a match. He can progress you to be elevated to be close to a championship title run or, or a feud or something to build up with that. I mean, possible... Of a well-known intercontinental champion, something like that, but I see EY definitely getting more of a rep than what he got from whatever that was the last time. I, I uh, yeah. I I kind of realized when he went up to the main roster he wasn't going to get much because Vince, out of all people, even though I'm so glad he didn't do it to AJ Styles, Vince did not like TNA guys. That's just one thing Vince did not like was TNA guys. And obviously y'all can look at the past record and the reports on what who they had from TNA. And you could tell from the reason of it. So with EY back, only time will tell. Now with Nikki Cross acting like how she is again, they could probably bring back Insanity. But they got to bring obviously the other two guys back or one of them. But... Like I said, yeah, time that it wouldn't
2: be hard because one of them is actually Nikki Cross's real life husband.
3: Exactly. Uh, yeah,
2: but it, what I'm yeah. thinking, and I said this on the last episode, kind of getting outside the box. What about don't bring back insanity? But Eric Young is a part of the Wyatt Six. What do you think about that?
1: I still think it's just Bray's personalities. I don't think it's really even a faction.
2: I don't know, man. I-
1: That's just the only thing. That's the only thing I got with that. I don't see it as a faction. I used to. Don't get me wrong. When we saw Extreme Rules and you saw the six guys come out and stuff like that, you're thinking Bray's bringing a faction. But the way things are going now, I think it's just all the personalities from Bray. I think maybe, obviously, there's going to be a female person into this role but I think it's just him and maybe Bo Dallas. Honestly, I think that's just who really the Wyatt Six are. Um, I've said it numerous times, but I think Uncle Howie is probably Bo Dallas. Oh,
2: okay, so you think Uncle Howie is Bo Dallas? Hmm. mm
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, Bray can't be I the female. <laughs> too. I think the female,
2: it's pretty obvious that's going to be Alexa Bliss somehow. Uh, they have... Uh, they this have a Nicky. story. Yeah, but they have a story that an unfinished storyline there between those two.
1: That would just mean that Alexa's gotta be backstabbed. Because she burned Bray.
2: That's true. And we notice that the uh I don't I don't know, man. You <laughs> see I'm thinking that Uncle Howdy is trying to recruit Alexa, not so much Bray.
1: That could be the case. I mean that'd be a cool little transition and it'd be it'd be good because nobody could predict it and not even the dirt sheets could even figure that one out. So I I actually like that idea. I think that would be pretty cool. Like I said, man, I love wrestling when it's, uh, it's a suspense feeling. Um I I stay away from one of those dirt sheets. Even though, you know, with me being a podcaster and I got tons of wrestling podcasts all the time, they want to send me stuff. I mute a lot of people's stuff just because I want to enjoy the show. I can enjoy the show if I'm not hearing about dirt sheets or anything like that. When you're hearing about a dirt sheets thing, it's like, think of it this way. If you watch the NFL and you already kind of know the play-by-plays of what the game is going to be, you're not going to be
2: excited to watch oh, the game you're, anymore. You're absolutely right. Like, There's a website now. They used to send me uh, emails, and I finally blocked them. They were predicting, like, everything that was going to happen on Rampage and Dynamite. Like, to a T. To uh-huh. And I'm talking, like, the week before. And uh, I was, just, whoa, whoa. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, if I wanted to be a spoiler podcast, that would be great, but... That's not what we do here, so, and it was ruining it for me as a fan because first and foremost I'm a wrestling fan, so yeah, so I, mm-hmm. I understand exactly.
1: It just burns you out. It burns you out because it's just like, what, what do I, what do I want to do this for? Everybody else has already heard of what's going on. Everybody knows who's showing up and stuff like that. I just, I miss the days where I would literally win a SmackDown. And it's the last SmackDown before the pay-per-view. And you remember when they had the Sunday night heats? And it's the pay-per-view night. So you're hoping, because you see the ring, and it shows the pay-per-view and stuff. You're like, oh, wow, they're, they messed up, and they're going to sneak the pay-per-view on. And obviously, it's just the Sunday night heat matches. But you're excited, like, oh, I'm getting to watch this on the USA channel, da-da-da-da, or on Spike TV or something. And then when it cuts off, and you're like, oh, man. And I literally, and I tell people all the time, even as bad as the internet was with AOL, I'm sitting there on www.com waiting to find out the results of who wins what and obviously the matches that were the main event because obviously at that time, The Rock and all of them. So I would literally just sit on the website just to see who won that match. Or if my parents wouldn't let me go online, I would be so intrigued to watch Monday Night Raw. I just miss those times so much. I mean, wrestling is so good now, but if we could go back to that era, and I'm not just talking about just the 90s, I'm not even talking about WWE era, I'm talking about just all, all around, you would be so much more of a wrestling fan than what we are.
2: Yep, I agree. I think that the, uh, the internet's done a lot for wrestling, but I think it's hurt a lot as well.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there's no there's no mystery anymore. Everything is uh, either spoiled or there
1: is, but there's not all like say like a whole show that you can never predict. Like people are just watching it, kind of like how you know what's that game? You know, with the memory cards. You're you're just watching it just to see if you were actually right. You're just watching it just to see, hey, did did I really just post BS knowledge or was it really the truth that I posted? Yeah. Like, it's literally you're just trying to see if it fits what you just approached the show. So, it's still there. I mean, we're still out wrestling fans, of course, but it's just you don't get that feel anymore. And I think that's one good thing, obviously, about the upcoming pay-per-view that's coming up, the Royal Rumble, is... It's still easy not to predict. And especially with this one right now, we all want to know what's going on with the heavyweight title, what, uh, the the universal heavyweight title and stuff like that. We can't easily predict it. Obviously, we know somebody that was not supposed to be at the Royal Rumble is rumored now is going to be at the Royal Rumble. So it's like you literally have an idea of what's going on. Now it's just if you could see what happens.
0: There's definitely definite truth to that for sure. Um, let's, uh, let's switch gears, though, to AEW Dynamite, uh, briefly, because they didn't do half (laughs) last week. (laughs) Um, there was a Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, and the, the rules here were that whoever won the Battle Royal would be able to face AEW World Champion MJF at a later date for control of the Dynamite Diamond Ring. So... A lot of different entrants in this match. You had guys like The Machine, Brian Cage. You had All Ego, Ethan Page. You had Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. You had uh, Orange Cassidy. You had Ricky Starks, who is the current um, men's world title eliminator tournament winner. And when all was said and done, this battle royal came down to Ethan Page and Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks would prevail and eliminate Ethan Page from the match. So, in addition to already winning the world title title eliminator tournament he is now going to get the challenge for the dynamite diamond ring against mjf Mm -hmm. um i think my only issue with this is ricky stark's already won the world title eliminator match and i don't really see what the purpose is in having him also win the dynamite battle royal i feel like that that could have gone to somebody else in this in this case i mean Heck, they could have given it to Brian Cage. could have given it to Jungle Boy. I mean, there's all different options. I mean, not Orange Cassidy, because I don't think anybody wants to see, see more of Orange Cassidy than they already do. Cassidy. Except the Kentucky guy. He's a big Orange Cassidy fan. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what are your thoughts on the uh, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal? Uh, I mean,. It was that. It was a match. Um. Obviously,
1: it gave Ricky Starks back the publicity that he's needed for a while because he hasn't had that fire ignite for a long time. And obviously now they're putting the rocket on Ricky to really step up. I mean, we talked about it numerous times. How many times did he have a title that really, it didn't matter what he had. And now, I think this rejuvenation for him, whatever... It's pretty funny when MJF called him the dollar store version of Dwayne. That was pretty funny. Um, I saw a post that people were comparing this promo to like the Rock and Stone Cold, and I kind of laughed. I was like, that's disrespectful in so many ways. But <laughs> I'm glad to see Ricky Stark's finally getting some get some fire back up. Um, maybe we could probably see him in a running for a TNT title, but they got him feuding with MJF. I think that's going to be a good feud just to get MJF, uh, some title reigns under his belt. Um, believe it or not, Ricky's actually throwing some good shots at, uh, MJF on promo-wise. So, I've been pretty impressed so far. So, only time will tell. I think MJF's fire starting to, uh fall out a little bit, in my opinion. I'm still an MJF fan. I think he's still one of the top heels right now, but that that moment that the fans have had for him, I think it's starting to die out really slowly right now.
0: Yeah, and I know some people had that little bit of a worry going into him winning the world title and in order for him to stay relevant, I mean, they need to just have MJF do more Classic MJF sure. tactics, you know. Just keep tearing yep. people apart in promos. Keep using those sneaky ways uh, to retain your title. That's that. That's why we liked MJF from the very beginning when he first broke onto the scene. Don't turn that man, baby.
1: <laughs> Don't. <laughs> You're already having enough trouble as it is. Do not turn
0: MJF, up, baby. <laughs> So um yep. you mentioned the TNT title. We did have a TNT championship match on this episode of Dynamite, and I thought it was a pretty good one overall. It was the self-proclaimed king of television, Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe, defending against former mm-hmm. TNT champion, Darby Allen. And what I liked about this match is they had Joe face somebody who's a former champion himself. So we, we know he's legit, and he's over with the AEW audience. I was not surprised at the outcome of this match. I think they want to continue making Joe look strong, which I think is a smart thing to do, especially going into Ring of Honor Final Battle. Um, but but at least this wasn't a, a squash. Darby put up a fight. Joe wind, winded up prevailing in the end.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that it you was, really, uh, it was a decent match. Samoa,
1: Joe.
2: I don't know why uh, they're keeping two titles oh, around oh, Samoa Joe. Uh, uh, you know, WCW 2.0. I'm 2. trying 0. to agree with you I can today, say man. With these older I'm guys. I'm trying to Darby be. Allen, uh, I'm
1: trying to, like, he, work It doesn't work affect his career that idea. he didn't man, win I the I match. I agree with like, what you Didn't you tell me Darby Allen should be He should have the
2: title, I think. Oh, man. Oh man. Oh, oh man. yeah, absolutely. You don't? I thought he was oh, a great Lord. PNT champion. That hurt my head.
3: <laughs> you right. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Darby
1: looks like a little kid compared to Samoa Joe. <laughs> you gave all this mess about Archie, but you go tell me you want Darby to beat living Samoa the- Joe. If I'm Samoa Joe and I lose to Darby Allen, I'm asking for my release.
2: Well, you're a Rock fan, so that
1: doesn't surprise me. You'll go right back to WWE. They can't afford any more losses, in my opinion. They really cannot afford any more releases. That's
3: my opinion.
2: would be great. It's it's showing that his
1: contract management skills have been really lacking. (laughs) If you really have gotten these contracts and all these big returns that we've had, all these big guys that have been showing up, and now... All their contracts are now the funny thing is with these dirt sheet people, is
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's funny it thing does, is literally how point, they're picking ADW, up their contracts like extension all the talent
1: like they it's literally that they,
2: month. They are,
1: and we've got sure. four right now just before January. That contract is probably going to be up. And Some of them are considered about signing, some of them are excited about you know going to impact, going to NWA, and stuff like that. Um, and obviously there's one that's hoping that they get to resign. If not, you know where they're going. So, it's just the fact that, obviously, when we say you know where they're going, I don't really think that they would take that person, but that's just my opinion. But, it's just the fact that you need to, uh, it's kind of like the NFL. He runs the Jaguars. But yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's a bad example, but um, back to that. But you, you have to look at the player roster and be like, okay, who's ready to negotiate this contract? If you know that they're drawing money, they they're drawing the crowd, whatever. You need to negotiate that contract before that is up. Not wait until that contract is up and think you're going to get resigned back. That's the things I have noticed with this company on that really badly, and obviously the thing with William Regal. I thought that was bound to happen. I thought it was a beautiful thing because obviously we saw his son debut um, on NXT. I had a feeling that William Regal was going to probably sign back there just because of him. Even though Regal's son has been signed for over a year over there. It's just he wasn't on TV or anything like that. So I think they just got to really visualize what contracts they want to keep and what they need to do to make it to where... They're not going to go on these podcasts and badmouth them on promotional and standpoints like that. Because that's the biggest problem. You had all these guys that started up on AEW. They bashed WWE. Bashed it. Insanely bashed it. Now, your contract's up. Now, you're unhappy. Now, you've been sitting there saying, I would never go back. Now, you might consider it because now, it's fun. It's It's not that lame, tiring business that everyone thought, oh man... I I would literally just be just driven to the ground from being pushed and controlled for so long. Now it's starting to be fun. People are enjoying going to the work every day. I, I don't know. It's it's not looking good right now. Definitely not for Rampage.
3: <laughs> Sunday night he's drawing better ratings than Rampage right now. <laughs> yeah. TNT wants to pull the plug on Rampage.
1: They think it's just uh, either they've actually believe it or not, TNT is well, actually wanting to be interesting in the is, Ring of Honor standpoint is back like backing out of it.
0: Yeah. Rampage, I think I heard, recently had its lowest rating of all time program premiered. Tony took that to so be a that tells you, It tells you a lot of things Tony right took there.
1: that just to get bragging rights to say, hey, they sold it to me. Not him. Not Impact. Not MLW. None of them. I got it. And if Tony's honeymoon stage would still been going... I would not have been shocked if MLW would have sold And that's to the it. thing because Tony have been shocked if impact considered to do a Ring of Honor and, um, and honestly, I'm telling you right now, I don't think the New Japan ordeal deal is really working high for Tony's favors right now either.
3: they losing.
1: The thing is, the audience doesn't really know these guys. That's the sad part. Most of these guys don't; they're not known in the U.S. audience. And I think that's one cool thing that AEW has brought, other than great return. I mean, great debuts. No, is I mean he's had. They New have Japan been showcasing stars on his the New Japan guys very well. Um, that has, that been has led it to where oh, you've them to have at least big, been able to see ratings, one, of, uh, one or two of these guys match. And for them to brought Will Ospreay into the mix and knowing that Kenny Omega is going to be facing Will Ospreay, that is a promotional standpoint. Hopefully, that means Kenny Omega is promoting AEW in the New Japan audience to keep that going. But we also got WWE also debuting into with the New Japan audience as well. So, it's only a matter of who's going to win it all. That's the biggest thing. And right now, it's it's looking like it's a one-sided fight right
3: now, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree, and
3: uh, yeah,
0: you know, you know, the Ring of Honor thing—it's—it's it's kind of at the point now where I say, all right, either give them their own program and start to treat Ring of Honor as its own brand, or honestly, just 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 retire it, and you know, whatever happens to the talent happens to the talent. Either they stay in AEW or they go somewhere else, because uh, to co- to constantly just like. Is say, like, oh, here's the Ring of Honor belts on AEW title yep. or AEW television. It's like, oh, all right, well, that's great, but why should I care? Unless I'm a hardcore Ring of Honor fan. But uh, speaking of Ring of Honor, we had the Ring of Honor pure champion, Daniel Garcia, teaming with Jake Hager to take on Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuda. Claudio and Wheeler ended up winning this match, and of course, this is building towards the match at Final Battle for the ROH. So, a pure question Championship question on the Garcia is going to defend against Daniel Wheeler Yuda, Which, once again, um, should be a that solid this match.
1: match. Was just put together. Both guys, to both guys are great. Work the Ring of Honor crowd. And obviously, um, they've been true to saying they're original But it seems like they've kind of uh, they've abandoned AEW the storyline well. that they were
0: doing with Daniel um, Garcia for
1: a while. The story with where Daniel were Garcia were arguing is he a pro wrestler and or is a sports entertainer? And we all know story he decided to say I, he was a sports I've said entertainer. It times that was one of the
0: best storylines they've had a while. Over like there, it was a really abrupt ending the to stuff that storyline. It's still not fully resolved.
1: I think Daniel Garcia is probably going to get involved in the Jericho match. Um. If it goes down that way, I could see Garcia probably being the new combat club guy, or just kind of like saying I had enough of these factions. Obviously, for Ring of Honor, I think that's going to be the biggest pop for it. Obviously, for that crowd, you see in Daniel Garcia siding with the true Ring of Honor guys, knowing that he's one of them. Um, but yeah, I think this has not really been a storytelling aspect to how they've been building this thing up. I think this is just they see, oh, these guys can deliver. Let's put this match together because we know they can do their job. Um, it's just I think that's the only thing I can see with it. Uh, but I think that they're going to be involved in the main event as well, in my
3: opinion. No,
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it was just thrown on the card to kind of fill it out, and because they know these two can work well and the crowd will be into the match. But not really. There wasn't really a a reason for them to be uh, facing each other again for the ROH Pure title. Um, There were a couple of sit-down interviews, too. We had Mm -hmm. an interview with AEW Women's World Champion Jamie Hayter. And there was also huh. an interview later um, in the program with Soraya. Britt in the mix that would interesting. I still uh, see know, this story kind of like how. Soraya, of course, was interrupted mm-hmm. by with the evolution. Dr. Britt Baker DMD behind. during her Those interview. Guys behind. During her Those interview guys and, for
1: the longest time, but then went. know, we more have to anymore, remember uh, Dr. Um, Britt Baker I still is think that's Jamie be that Hader and Jamie
0: Hater. Dr. Britt wants the belt back for herself. It's not as early as that feud was. For the time being, she might. But Wanna I stick think by uh, Jamie Hayter's side, and uh, I think it's going to be a long and time Humberter, coming with it until the
1: be that bad guy that everybody expects. or
3: uh,
0: start but, but your, your getting thoughts on behind this, uh, Britt on this feud here,
1: a good guy. So they can do different ways with this. I think Jamie is going to really transcend more out of this than anything. The match with Britt and Soraya, I've said it numerous times. Big shout out to Britt. End of that match. She really did her thing. Um, carrying a veteran. And made her look very well. Looked very good. Um, people might have not been like. Oh this is one of those matches. We always would love to see in Sarai. But it was so good to see her in the ring. Knowing from my past history. And stuff like that. Stuff like that. I really get an emotional effect too. Because. I just had my first match back not even four months ago. Not even four weeks ago. And that feeling that someone has told you you would never do this again. And you've got to do it again. Is just It's just that feeling that you never thought you could have again. You know, going through the curtain and going through the ropes, running the ropes, bumping again. You know, those hesitation moments and stuff like that. Brit really did her job. I literally got major respect from Brit just from that standpoint. For real, like she really took care of that aspect and can really continue that storyline regarding this because they both looked very well. Um, Jamie is obviously the muscle of the group, and eventually. Britt's gonna try to get her involvement and get something in it, but it's still long term a long term storytelling they can
3: do with it and only time will tell. Hold it till the big pay per view,
1: man. I hate that they do that stuff on Dynamite and Rampage.
3: Don't do it on free TV. I mean, I get it. I know why is because what they only got what four pay per views a year. Is that what it is? Four pay per views a year, right? So, I mean, I could see some part of it, but it's just like the the
1: rating standpoint. Yeah, it, I agree, like, and you, you know, definitely don't want to pull w- the trigger on the eventual betrayal but it, too early because then, like, you... like they're not like a continuous rating every single week. Um, and I think Tony's now seeing that that as oh, I can bring this person, spike it up, do whatever. Don't do you don't do something? I'd literally say AW is an independent wrestling show, sure. It's just a higher production independent wrestling show because he books the shows like how independent promoters do. If they don't got
0: only something like that, yeah, they're not like WWE doing a pay-per-view to go and
1: pay the money towards a big name to get in there and boost the ratings, boost the, the ticket sales, and stuff like that. So it's just the fact that he doesn't have a consistent roster that he knows for a fact that can carry him into the longer longevity standpoint to build this product transcending out. The only division that I think has gotten close to that now, and I'm shocked to say it, is the division that Britt's doing right now. Because Britt has really transcended this thing to make it aware. Her, Jamie Hader, um. I would say Tony Storm, but Tony Storm has kind of been kicked to the curb in my opinion on these things. Um hopefully they revamp Athena or whatever they're doing with that. If they can get at least three or four more women in there, they can make something out of that. But right now, it's just not a very strong roster to continue a longevity run
3: as a company, in my opinion. So It was something new. It was something new. Is just when that wears
1: off, what do you got left? And that's one thing that WWE has been very popular, uh, really good at doing. Even if they have a stale year, they still draw ratings. Like the kids still are buying their merch. Kids are still buying the lunch boxes and stuff like that. Now we know AEW's new video games coming out. Fans have already sold that game out. Whatever, but. Th- God, Lord only knows if if that game doesn't deliver what they want, yeah, they're gonna want. Definitely agree with you there. Back.
0: It's been and one of their struggles all that from says the very, that from very beginning. Go, Tony
1: might just try to block out. Oh, they returned these games and make it sound like oh, this was the number one selling fighting game of the year, and people call his bluff. So it's like you really need to have a a visual on this product to make it grow. You've you've done your thing. You have made wrestling number two. Now, you're sitting here telling us you're delivering the greatest pay-per-views every year. That is blasphemy to me. <laughs> I love the fact you put yourself over and you put your product over and all that, but yeah, no. You have good pay-per-views, but they're not like... Oh my gosh, WrestleMania contender standpoints every single time in my opinion. Um it's it's a wrestling show. It's it's a newer generation thing whatever, but you've got to really hit that reset button because right now he's going into the old 2017 and A days right now and I don't think that was a good I don't think that was a good move in my opinion.
0: No, I agree, and and you know, and the one other thing I just want to bring up with AEW is they, you know, when they first started, one of their strongest aspects where of their programming was where their tag was their tag team division, and on Dynamite we saw. We saw a tag team title hey, match. It was he and and now, the acclaimed defending against FTR. FTR is all. definitely so, a team that is at the top of their another game that right has now. As I said to Kentucky guy when we talked over, about this before, there's no reason that, that FTR that should not like, be you know the W tag know, team champions. WWE right is, now, in is my so
1: controlled, it's unreal. Like, oh, you oh, literally oh, have to say this or whatever. The, the, the audience don't loves Tony Don't y'all see that happening in AEW in the same they way? They got to give it to the of, acclaimed.
0: Like, don't you and see honest, like, I'm some i the stuff going to be a little of tired of getting more control. Right now, and more, I,
1: more, it's Tony I could do way, without the acclaimed being the tag team. It's just not going to be personally. on TV that, that week or something like that. Um, it's, it's, it's a hit or miss on some things. And uh, I've literally said it numerous times, you know. Tony's now getting, in my opinion, I think he's getting into that burnout moment. Um, knowing with his mom having her issues, you know the Jaguars. I'm a Jaguar fan, and yeah, what we did with Detroit was kind of crying, in my opinion. But <laughs> but with him also owning a soccer team, it's just man, you gotta you gotta slow down. You gotta slow down rewire the batteries, do what you need to do to get this thing back to what it was. And I think that's why Jericho is on podcasts and doing all he can do right now to keep the representation going for this product. Keep this thing going, you know. Have have we noticed that Jericho is now posting statistics of AEW drawings every single week? Just so people are getting a, a, a feel of, oh, they're still doing good. Oh, they're doing this. Oh, they're doing this. Because right now, it sounds like Moxley and Jericho are the ones that run that locker room. And I kind of like it, and I don't at the same time, because they used to say, all oh, this used to be so freely and stuff. And I've always told people, when you have too much freedom, that that, that kind of causes the disaster. And clearly, we're seeing it, man. It, they've lasted a lot longer than I thought. Uh, they've proved me wrong in so many different ways for a while. But I think now they need to step back, realize what's going on, and revamp it back up. Do what they need to do to get this thing going. Uh, Promote it a different way. Uh, Get your audience a different way. First thing, sell Ring of Honor. Give it to somebody that's literally want to bring Ring of Honor back on TV, back on a streaming platform. I've said it numerous times. There's so many wrestling streaming platforms right now. Why hasn't Ring of Honor been on one of those? Why has Ring of Honor not been on the new IWN app? Why hasn't Ring of Honor been on the Fight TV app? Why hasn't Ring of Honor had their own streaming platform app? It doesn't cost that much to build one. I mean, people would pay... Three or four dollars to go watch a Ring of Honor pay per view or a Ring of Honor show. Uh, Look at MLW. MLW is doing very higher major ratings now just because they're on their own app now. You can watch them every single week, daily now, watching them do their things. People are now even more discovering MLW than what they were in the past. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to get a a wrestling promotion built up and growing. I think we've went from the growing part to now It's just like what we're doing. I feel like it's still working, but it's not at the same time. Like I, I literally said, when Re- Regal left, uh, Tony really needs to step back and really focus on getting this product because right now he's not where they need to be. He's not where they need to be. And the longevity standpoint, and he can't keep hoping that these overseas wrestlers can keep saving a product for him. In my opinion,
0: mm-hmm. I mean,
3: he ain't drawing. No no, I think there's a lot of truth there, to what you said, and, and uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got to he's got to d- uh, stop thinking that just because he br- brings uh, brings that's in a big name, name. You ain't that's going to like automatically big a make his ratings name, and his well, pay per view buys go through the roof Because we saw. Be like what a co put that all because of your, the way he preaches about wrestling and one basket. That's the wrestling fact, style that he uh, really the, uh, could big really big star build Who's with. been out of the business for a few so years? Uh, I don't why back i have to given him in idea. Oh, he's gonna take us to the, the next level or something like that.
1: Because you could really you get what these guys there. that people are built to behind because now we're in this this era, wrestling fans are not really all about the bodybuilding guy anymore. I mean we still have that wrestling fans that love the Rock and Stone Cold clear as day. Um, I, I, There's fans that might not like them, but you know you got to respect them. Those two guys are the main global guys that you're probably going to remember to the end of time. Until the time, even the time that we're gone, Rock and Stone Cold will probably still be mentioned as pro wrestlers. Um, but obviously, we're in this era now that's with all the mechanics, you know, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, stuff like that. I've never understood why they haven't tried, even especially for the Owen Hart tournament, why they haven't tried to get any of the Hart family to do do the promotion, get them behind. Because obviously with, you know, Owen's wife, she could definitely have done something to help this product grow. And it was a positive thing when they did the tournament. But now it's like, okay, the finish was weird. We put a couple... We we crowned a couple, basically. Like, that looked like we just handed it off. We did not look like somebody fought a tournament to earn it. It felt like, oh, that's who Tony wanted. Oh, fanboy picked Cole Britt. Two of them ones that he's always cared for. So that was basically just how we saw it. it was like, oh, they didn't, we didn't see it as, oh, they fought each and every opponent to win this match. We saw it as, oh they won I mean if anybody can tell me that's different I'm more than welcome to listen to that because honestly when I saw it I was like oh so they won it wasn't like oh man they did they fought hard for that it was just like eh you could have put that on somebody else in my opinion <laughs> you just gotta get that suspense suspense is got- it's, if you get that suspense feel back man wrestling is back in my opinion. Wrestling is back completely. AEW can bring themselves back and get them revamped, come back from that drought that they've been in for a long time. It's just a matter of what they want to do. If they want to continue what they're doing, it's just going to be a slowly quicksand that's
0: happening. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that would agree with you on that, Warren. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can, can, don't uh, don't disagree. Man. I appreciate y'all. What, what, uh, me, man. what uh, say you, Kentucky guy? Yeah, yeah, any uh, any other other thoughts on your No, here. I think uh, once again,
2: Warren. I want to thank you I for uh, kind of taking my place today. Guys, audience, I'm just under the weather. I and love just uh, two, not feeling it, but I think you guys put on a great show. Both of y'all I love the back and forth. You know, you guys is uh, you know, um, that's what makes wrestling Donnie, exciting. Donnie's like is that having mindset two sides with me, you to, know, that uh, true good e-do. guy so, feel. But you uh, Donnie, I think he's done a fantastic job. He's taking over but, the lead host. So thank you guys I for it, the man. episode. I think the it was great.
1: differential opinions are so much better to listen fun. to and then people that agree. And y'all two are a good duo. Um, people, check out this podcast. This, those two, These two guys are perfect. They're a good match. Um... They bring entertainment every single week. I laugh at some of the stuff. I, y'all actually make me really have to put on a thinking cap on with some of these fancy bookings that y'all put out sometimes. Um, definitely give y'all props on that. So, yeah. I appreciate y'all always having me, man. It's always a pleasure to be on here. And just thank y'all. So I hear it, American Prodigy is number one, right? <laughs> Last match is slowly in a process. We're probably going to go. Uh, looks like in April, uh, obviously for the final episode oh, new of Marlowe for Monday show, guys. My goal, uh, Donnie and I match give our match as the ten episode. favorite and so ten worst we're in our opinion. A um, uh, gimmick to the In can't any wrestling organization, there so there has been offered be a TV deal for this go match ahead, as sir. I'll well. Turn it back so we here. have been really working hard with this feud. Shout out to the promotion right now. Uh, oh, I got that. <laughs> like I said, I just did an episode <laughs> just, last what? night to promote have you said a day you have big last wrestling match promotion or? that's coming out no. in my area in Baker County. Uh, it's about an hour, almost an hour drive, but they do a great show. Um, one thing I love about this promotion is they, they do a prayer before the show. And a lot of wrestling shows, you don't see that. And obviously, with the Christmas holidays coming up, kids come in free and they get a free gift. So you can't go wrong with that. you get you getting to watch a bunch of guys wrestle, be superheroes for kids, and then you get a free toy at the same time. So I think that's the best of both worlds for the younger audience. And um, like I've said before, man, I'm not saying I'm going to be there, but I'm not going to say I'm not. I have been invited thanks to my guest from uh, Mr. Shiny himself. Uh, Jules Bradley, guys, y'all look out for him. This guy is going to be a, a interesting c- competitor later down the wrestling. Um, I interviewed this guy. This is going to be his very first match this Saturday, and he went from transitioning from being security referee to now getting to be a wrestler. So the, I really got enjoy that episode with him. I will spoil a little bit because I did a short with it. Uh, KY, what, what do you call uh, my opponent? What, what's the nickname you give him? El Andrade? The fake Andrade? Yeah, he pops up. He pops up. He finally popped up and talked to us one on one again instead of giving me cryptic messages. And it took him two months to actually speak with his chest again. And um, he's also threatened me to not show up tomorrow. So that's all I'm going to leave it at that. He's got and might just pop up and say hello to him as well.
2: The fake Andrade.
3: Yeah, the one Yeah, that should be interesting. All right, Donnie, you want to wrap it up for us?
0: All right. Well, you have been listening to Against the Matt Wrestling Podcast with the Kentucky guy, Donnie Cage and our special guest, Mr. Warren Marlowe. Thank you once again for joining us. God bless, and God bless the United (laughs) States of America.